0: Thank you, Anthony. Actually, poor soul he's been sitting the other side of night, but he's got a huge piece of equipment out in the... Co- actually, as equipment goes, that is about the biggest I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever... Se- How they got it in the corridor, I'll never know. It's enormous. In here, I've got a little fan, which actually is quite pleasant. It's a little bit like being, you know, on a beach somewhere... You know, like on Tyneside or something like that. Because, frankly, now we've had everybody in here and they've all sort of sweated their way through it. I don't want to moan about it because it makes me sound as though I'm going to moan throughout the whole programme. I am. You wait till Nick Ferrari gets in. You wait. I'm telling you. The first thing he'll say, he'll have to be warned. They'll have to say to him, listen, apparently I've, I've, I've been tipped off. Ferrari's going to be wearing shorts this morning. God, it'll look like Michelle Obama from behind. It really will. It's going to look... Do you remember in Dumbo, the elephants do that? It's going to look like that. Nick Ferrari in a pair of shorts. I can't imagine. I've never seen him in shorts. I've worked with him for God knows how many years. He's never seen me in shorts. I've never seen him in shorts. We do hugs, and that's about it. Because you probably had a look at the uh, 24-hour pictures. And I totally agree with Anthony. A picture of the back of the head of Phil Blacker. Poor soul. And his ears. You get to see Phil Blacker's ears on the back of his head. Mind you, loads of pictures of old Schofield. Have you noticed how Matthew Schofield got in there? He's well in with somebody who puts this together, I'm telling you. They've done snogs, I bet you. I've never seen anybody with so many pictures on the 24 hours. Anyway, it's all on there, lbc.co.uk. Loads of stories in the papers, we'll try and get round to them. Just um, just bear with me one second, so if I don't do this, we'll never get any texts and uh, emails to the programme. And you know, being a Monday morning, you've all saved it all up over the weekend, because we get it all... Uh, on Sunday. I have to keep remembering my password half the time. And, um, and I ordered... I, I got crackers over the weekend. I started ordering stuff from America again. I don't know why. And, uh, and spoke to Wayne Dobson, because I wanted to get something from him. And then I wanted to cut something out, one well, of the Sunday papers, and I can't find that. Uh, but I, as I was going through the Sunday papers, I had to cut it out again, only because it's just so funny. And it's poor old Lembit Opic out on the town, with a girl who's uh, less than half his age. He's 44... She's 21, and she's, um, she's an ex Wonderbra girl. Of course, she's obviously desperate for publicity. He's also desperate for publicity. What a buffoon that man is. What an absolute ace buffoon, I'm afraid. You have to laugh, don't you, poor little soul. Nothing going for him. What an idiot, but so desperate to appear in the media. Unfortunately, Lembit, you're a prat. You know, the cheeky girls said... Mind you, I thought that was a bit daft as well, going out with the cheeky girls. Do you know, can you believe that still day number whatever it is after Michael Jackson's death was announced, and it's still on the front page. It's still front page news. Michael Jackson, front page news. Oh, Federer won, but then, of course, we all knew he was going to win. I predicted yesterday that Federer would win. Uh, Michael Jackson, they reckon that he was £400 million in debt and that's what killed him. No, no, no. Listen, take my word for it. If uh, if you owe the bank... uh, £20,000, you're in big trouble. If you owe the bank... £400 million, they're in big trouble. You don't need to worry about it. If you owe them £400 that's their problem. Their foolish ways have got you into that debt. That's their problem. You never need to worry about it. So my advice is rack up as much money as you can in debt because they're never going to chase you for £400 They can't. They're going to have to sit in line like everybody else and wait for their money. I don't think that killed Michael Jackson at all. He didn't look like he was stressed when he was rehearsing, did he? He looked absolutely fine. He looked fit. He looked as though the concert was going to go ahead. And I think... The concert will go ahead, and I think they'll morph him. I think you'll have to suffer with the Ghastly Jackson 4, and then they'll sort of morph Michael on, and he'll sing, and it'll be like a hologram. And I think they'll do it like that. You could do all sorts of incredible things on stage now. Take my word for it. If they could bring back Laurence Olivier for time, and he was a hologram, and he appeared above the stage, floating, you can do exactly the same for Michael Jackson. No difference at all. Poor old Danny Minogue... She's got the worst hair in the world. Now, you know she's got the worst hair in the world because every time you see it, it's another naff hairstyle. She's a little bit like uh, Victoria Beckham. Victoria Beckham has got really awful hair. Thin, fine. The same for poor old uh, Danny. And she's now got this Elvis look. It's a really bad look. It's I know, it's, it's sort of a quiff. It just looks awful. It really does look dreadful. Because, you know, 22nd of August, X Factor is back. 22nd. I shouldn't be telling you that because... Um, They all get very angry. But apparently it's already been released. Somebody did it on their Twitter page. I think it was Holly Willoughby did it and said it was 22nd of August. Looking forward to seeing you then. Apparently Simon Cowell went, will you keep your big gob shut, woman? That's why you could never put her on the sofa with Philip Schofield. Never, never put her on there. Um, More in the paper today on that sad story. I told you yesterday about Anita Harris, who is broke and homeless. And um, that was the... Front page of the Mail on Sunday yesterday. Uh, she owes about £15,000. They've lost their house. And they're living with friends at the moment. And uh, and they've got nothing. They've absolutely got no money. What's... And as I said yesterday, she was only in with us a few weeks ago on In Conversation. Never mentioned it. She's staying in a friend's spare room. But she could end up sleeping in a car. Things are that bad for uh, Anita and her TV director husband, Mike. Uh, she's 67. It's not right, is it? This is the second or third time I've read this about somebody in the business. You Remember, Danny LaRue died with no money at all. These are people who work, work their little rear ends off in the business and end up with absolutely nothing. Truth be told, though, when they were working, they weren't paid the sort of money that people earn nowadays. If you look at, say, Terry Wogan earning 800,000 a year for doing a radio programme and then Terry the other day complaining bitterly about how dreadful television is. And here's Terry coming back with one of the lamest quiz shows on Channel 4 I've ever seen. I mean, it really is pathetic. Unfortunately, the BBC don't don't seem to touch him anymore. He did a chat show, didn't he, on Channel 5? That was that was pretty lame. And I think that was weird. might have been with Gabby Roslin, who sort of pops up. All these people sort of pop up. I've discovered these extraterrestrial channels that I've got on my TV. These people pop up on them now. And you get Gabby Roslin knocking on somebody's door and get ''Hello!'' you go, oh, Christ, it's Gabby Roslyn. You know, Hello, come in, come in. You no, know, all we need to see now is an Anthea Turner programme. And uh, and you just, you just kind of give up, don't you, really? Uh, Liz Smith has revealed she's quitting acting. She suffered uh, a stroke. She's 87. 87 is Liz Smith. And uh, she says now, I'm getting stronger, but she now accepts that further acting roles are beyond her. Well, I don't know. I've seen other people who... Uh, who, who went on to act, and all they did was... I think when they did it... Um, oh, Craig who was the woman in Last of the Summer Wine? She died a while ago. She must have been in her 90s, I think. No, not Cathy Staff, no. She was she was able to move. The other one in there... Oh, blimey. Um, she used to do S- Thora Heard. And what they did with Thora Heard is, quite cleverly, you thought she was moving in Last of the Summer Wine, they sat her in a chair or in a car, filmed her, and then they took her out and put her somewhere else. And that worked. I think you could do the same for... For uh, for Liz Smith, eighty-seven though, eh? Not bad. Oh, Moss also wish Bryn and Annie a very happy anniversary for today. Make the most of it, Annie, because he comes back tomorrow for work, as he said in his uh, email the other day. He said, even at our age, if somebody phones up with a job, you do it. You do it. The answer is yes, I can do it. I did start watching. what did I start watching the other day? It might have been a come dine with me, and I couldn't work out if it was a new one an old one. Or, or it was one that I hadn't perhaps maybe seen before. Anyway, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody was complaining in the paper today. Oh, that's right, I must go back onto the Michael Jackson thing, because what they've done is they've shown pictures of Michael's bedroom, a £50,000 duvet... Which looks quite nice. It's a bit like mine. Not sure about the Last Supper. This was the picture with Jacko in the middle. Do you remember? Mm, The Last Supper. The bed's a bit naff, but the the duvet's quite nice. It's fun, isn't it? It's a fun duvet. Probably get a cheaper one now. (laughs) They'll probably do it in Primark or something like that. Uh, And here they are. They had to drill open his safe and his cupboards to find out if he had any pornography in there and stuff like that. It's all a bit sad that somebody's released these pictures now. Uh, Michael Jackson was desperate to quit music, says Brian Michael Stoller. Uh, He... uh, I wouldn't believe a word any of these people say. You can say anything. I mean, I can say to you now, Michael Jackson used to regularly phone this programme... He would phone it every morning, and Amanda would say, listen, Mike, you know, we'd love to talk to you, but Steve's a bit busy talking about Jordan, so can you not bother us at the moment? We'd, we'd get back to you. He used to phone every day. Diana used to phone every day this programme, a regular. When I used to bump into her, we used to go out for a burger every so often, and we'd, we'd go out and she'd say to me, you're so rude about certain people, she said, and you know I never liked Princess Margaret. And I said, nobody ever liked Princess Margaret, dear. She was, she was a woman who drank herself to death, I think, mainly. And she was the only woman who swore, more than anybody else I've ever known, Mar- Princess Margaret swore like a trooper. Like a trooper. But uh, my- Michael Jackson used to phone... Glenn Miller was a very, very regular friend of mine and used to phone all the time on the programme. Loads of people. Loads- Pavarotti as well used to phone. He used to phone. A man used to say, not Pavi, not now, mate. Look, he's just started the programme. But I want to sing to him. No, not now. Come on. Do it next week. So all of them. All of them. They're all out there. Um, guess how much the BBC bill for taxes was last year? Guess how much the taxi bill for the BBC was? God, blimey. I know people are cutting back, but they're not. Now, of course, the reason the BBC don't cut back is because they've got you by the short and curlies. They're going to take all your money, because every year it only goes up. It never goes down. So that's why they can send 400-plus people to Glastonbury. That's why they'll send nearly 300 people over to Wimbledon. They're all on freebies. So, in other words, if I was sort of head of outside broadcast, and they've probably got about 20 people there, uh, so friends of say, at you couldn't get us to Wimbledon. And, of course, if you couldn't, nobody could. So they go, yeah, so they take all their friends and family, and that's how it works. Their taxi bill last year, £14 million. Pounds. That's how much they racked on taxes. So that's what, and they, we're constantly being told it's our BBC. Well, for Christ's sake, let's start cutting back, shall we? What a waste of bloody money. What a waste of money. They reckon here two BBC bosses could get the biggest pensions in the public sector. A newspaper has alleged that the deputy director, Mark Byford, would get a pension of 7.7 million and Alan Yentob 6.3 million. It's just a licence to take money, isn't it? It really is. Absolutely appalling. 14 million quid on cabs. Cheaper to buy the blasted cars. 5 15
1: When you move house, make sure you tell the DVLA your new address. Then they'll. <laughs>
0: News headlines this Monday morning. A review into housing across London has been brought forward after six people were killed in a fire in Camberwell. Three adults and three children died on Friday when a fire spread through the 12-storey block. Barack Obama arrives in Moscow this morning for a summit. It's hope will reset America's relations with Russia. Negotiations on arms control are expected top the agenda of talks between the US President and his Russian counterpart. And the heat wave ends today. Thunderstorms and heavy rain are expected to deluge Britain over the next few days. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for this morning and get you there nice and quick. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Dagenham, Wellbone Lane South is Jen. It is true, the Dunkirk spirit lives on. The LBC presenters battle through in extreme heat. The mosquitoes... Go away. And the midges and everything else, we're going to crawl through. We're going to make it to the end, I promise you. Well, we might not at seven. We'll have to wait and see what Nick Ferrari looks like in a pair of shorts. Sarah Harding claims she's friends with both... Wait for this one. Peter Andre and Katie Price. Although well, they're strangely both being in Ibiza at the same time. Um, Sarah didn't meet up with them. The reason was, she said, it wasn't like that. We were in touch on the phone and met up in private. They do talk a lot of crap, these people they really do, Sarah, keep your big big mouth shut. It makes it so much easier for everybody. but uh, nice to see that uh, Katie Price turned up the other day to the polo. With her best friend Michelle Heaton, so you get two bimbos for the price of one. Two ace. I mean, honestly, your heart drops, doesn't it? Polo. My God, it's gone so far down it. It was in Epping, admittedly. So it's gone so far down the toilet bend. We've come up the other side, and you get and who is your star commentator and somebody? It's Katie Price. Crust. I think we go somewhere else. Let's go to a car boot sale. Far more interesting. Uh, also, the paper today. Also, the paper today. Oh, it's Mylene Class. You know, she can't present for love nor money. I've been watching this, America's celebrity, get me out of, please, who are you? I don't know who half these celebrities are. One was a senator's wife. One was somebody who'd been on a reality show. One was, I didn't recognise anybody at all. At least our ones I vaguely recognise as either having slept with somebody famous or they've sort of, they were a nurse or they did something. But I mean, over there in America, I had no idea who these people were. Oh, good news. You know, when you can't remember anything and you start thinking, what's, oh, I can't, oh, no, can't remember. I can... no, I can't remember. Okay, no, I can't remember. Apparently, it's all down to you're not drinking enough coffee. If you drink between two and five cups of coffee a day, there's a very good chance that it will reverse the effects of Alzheimer's. That's what they're saying in the paper today. So, in other words, drink coffee, coffee, coffee. You watch coffee prices go through the roof now. Because, first of all, you know, you have to eat tomato. Tomato's really good for you. Then you've got to eat fresh fruit. Then you've got to eat grapes. Then you've got to eat, you know, beetroot. Then you've got to eat... Everything is good. Well, I tell you, I've tried all this rubbish before. It doesn't make the slightest difference. I still cannot remember anything. And the reason is, we've got no coffee in here. Most of the people who are working on Classic FM are of the age for Alzheimer's. So they've drunk all the coffee. It's all gone. It's all gone. I've seen the little man in there. This morning he's wearing his Hawaiian shirt and his little short trousers. Mind you, they've got air conditioning. Not that I'm complaining. And if you drink the coffee, it's good for you. Because the coffee machine br- needs a fuse. needs replacing. So, <laughs> so we're drinking water, but unfortunately the water machine's given up, so we get warm water, which apparently is supposed to be really good for you. Somebody said to me, warm water's good for you. I'm here to tell you, it's rubbish. Don't believe a word they say. But I'm going to try the, uh, the coffee. And the reason that they know it reverses the effects is they've given it to, wait for this, you'd have thought they'd have tested it on elderly people. No, mice. They've given. What do you think? Mice are going to go, do you know, all of a sudden, I feel, I feel, I'm a rodent. I feel much bigger in myself. So they've given it to mice. And two cups of coffee a day could fight Alzheimer's. Five, you're completely up there with the pixies. So that's good, isn't it? Uh, R- Jim Shelley is talking about uh, Richard and Judy. And uh, they finished shows. The reason is, and I'll tell you this: but, but, you know, it makes no difference at all. It's in no way reflecting the fact that he won't let her say anything on the programme, and the fact that on the final show he paid her a compliment by calling her sturdy, made her sound like a Chester drawers, didn't it? Really, and if you look at her, I suppose she could be actually a wardrobe included in that. But uh, they did the last show when they started. They were fab, Richard and Judy, a bit legendary in Liverpool in the docks. You know, old Fred the Weatherman and their Denise and, you know, all the, all the regular crew, and it, it worked brilliantly. And then, for some reason, they decided, and the reason given was that they couldn't get celebrities to go to Liverpool, which was rubbish because we've got aeroplanes now. You know, people, people went up there, so they came to do the show in London, and when they started to do the show in London, it didn't quite work the same way. Now, the other problem is that it, the, the gelling was fine, it's just that some of the interviews were a bit pants. They really were, you know, the, the dressing up of Ali G. And so then it went, it went off a bit at Channel... Was it Channel ITV, wasn't it, on This Morning? So they then moved them. So Richard and Judy, you know, being stoic, bounced back and go to Channel 4. Unfortunately, by, by the very action of going to ITV, from ITV to Channel 4, Channel 4 had a third of the audience. And most of Channel 4's audience, if you watch most of their programmes, they're like, hip and trendy. They're not going to be interested in Richard and Judy. So, it, you know, nobody's going to want to join the book club on Channel 4, so it didn't work. So they tried that one. Then they end up sort of wandering off to somewhere that nobody knew about them. And it it just, every time, the audience got smaller and smaller. It's like somebody who owns a big house, but they're not working. So in the end, they sell the big house, and I had a friend like this, sold the big house and got a slightly smaller house, but pocketed the money. Spent that money, still wasn't working, so downsized again. Downsized until he could downsize no more, and then ended up with no money. And that, that was the problem with Richard and Judy. They downsized so much, yet still thinking that they were Richard and Judy with the same size audience, and, and they weren't, really. And so that's the problem. So they've gone now. I think they'll bro- both resurface. As as what? I've got no idea. Judy apparently wants to go off and write books, and Richard will probably go and, I don't know, present other programmes. Where? I don't know. That's that's the problem. Because there's so little output on television now. I mean, it, it really is... It's appalling. Most companies are not spending money, and if they are spending money, it's a lot less than they were doing it last year. I must tell you, the weather from Hakia. Bright spells and scattered showers, that's it. The showers will be heavy, so take your umbrella today. I know you're going to look a bit daft with it, but I promise you it will be worth it. Maximum temperature, 21 centigrade, cooler than yesterday. Currently 14 degrees. Pollen count, medium, medium, I like that. Sunset, 9.18 tonight, mostly dry with clear spells. Still fairly breezy, more showers arriving by dawn. Low, 14 centigrade, similar to last night. And tomorrow, more heavy showers mixed with bright spells, feeling cooler with a strong breeze. So now you know, but do take... Your, uh, your brolly with you today. There's also the... Did you read the story over the weekend about the head of MI6? His wife posted pictures of him on Facebook in tight-fit speedos and talked about the children and where they lived and all the rest of it. And, uh, and somebody said, listen, take him off. He's the head of MI6. I mean, do you really want 200 million Facebook users to see you looking stupid? And then somebody else has said, oh, don't worry, it's not a security risk. Really? I would have thought it was absolutely a security risk. He's the head of MI6, and here he is uh, posing for two sets of 19 and 26 pictures available to 200 million users of their holiday in the West Country, the day he was named as the new boss. The page was set up by his wife and daughter, Corrine. They also disclosed... This is the head of MI6. I mean, they, they must be stupid, this family. They disclosed the location of their London flat, their three children and details of actor friends. It's just absolutely ludicrous. I mean, does this woman not understand anything? I suppose, yeah, I suppose the, the more titled you become, although i never believed in titles nowadays, uh, the, the more barmer you become, because quite clearly in that particular case, you know, you just don't do things like that. Uh, Johnny said, well-known super businessman Jack Tweed has announced he's opening up a restaurant in honour of Jade Goody. Go ahead, Jack, says Johnny. Enjoy the recession. Hope it's your own money you use. Yes, I'm out of the very idea that... Uh, but Jack Tweed could ever open a restaurant, of course, he is physically laughable, I'm afraid. Physically laughable. Uh, 84850 steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh Another one here. Sometimes I can't. Uh, oh, look, bless. That's sweet. That's nice, isn't it? Look at these people. I, I can't describe uh, pictures to you on the radio because it, it's not quite the same. But I do like these ones from Toby. Thank you very much indeed. Very grateful. Very gra- we like people sending in pictures. Unfortunately, we can't share them unless it's 24 hours. In the life of LBC. In which case, you get me looking particularly ill. Standing by... Oh God, I was ill. I was ill that day. <laughs> Very ill. Uh, Steve, five cups of coffee make your heart rate a bit funny. And Tony says, my other half thinks i have be taking bitchiness lessons from you. Just because I said a girl in the restaurant last night would be pretty if it were not for her face. <laughs> you see, I don't think that's being bitchy, you see, Tony. I think that's being honest. There's no point... You know, well, that's not being bit Being bitchy is, you know... I don't know, that's not being bitchy. If you say to somebody, God, you're ugly. That's not bitchy, that's being truthful. Why would somebody call that being bitchy? I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, I like to tell the truth. You know, if somebody's unattractive, Jordan, then I like to tell them. You know, there's no point. I mean, I I, I did, for the second day running, I've got to stop it. Stop it now. I started watching Big Brother again. And I can only watch a little bit because they got rid of Shree, as you know, over the weekend. What a horrible piece of work he is. Also not all there. You can tell. you've not watched it, you've missed nothing. This man is just... he's not pleasant. It was so funny, because they obviously decided at Channel 4 to push him over the edge. So when he came out, he was talking about uh, how he fancied this girl, I think could have been called Noreen. Not our Noreen, but another Noreen. And and he kept touching, and she's quite clearly not interested. Don't, you know, don't please, I'm not interested, all right? And he's sort of thinking, and he said on the programme, you know, but, you know, I'm sure that something will happen when she comes out. I thought, yeah, she'll probably kill you, I should imagine, because you've embarrassed her. She's not interested. Don't go anywhere. Anyway, they then showed um, some footage of her snogging one of the other guys in the house under a duvet. And he then goes, well, you know, I'm not... That, that's, that's her business, but it's nothing to do with me and all this kind of thing. I'm thinking, you're touched, aren't you, mate? You are t-. They're all... There's something to no matter with all of them. The poor little Brazilian boy who quite clearly is the minciest little thing I've ever seen on television, quite clearly fancies Charlie, who's the former Mr Gay UK. Charlie's just winding him up. Charlie burst into tears the other day. Little mincy boy from Brazil is apparently now saying, no, I don't fancy him. I don't li- I no like him. I no like him. And, which is quite sweet, but quite clearly he does. And he's obviously not used to people turning him down. So, uh, so that one's all going up the wall as well. In fact, to be honest with you, most of the people you wouldn't touch with a barge pole. I, I, I can only tell you, little campy Brazilian boy, a guy from Manchester walks around with his shirt off, but that's what most gay guys in Manchester do. There's an ugly lesbian. Why they can't put a pretty, pretty lesbian in? I've got no idea. Why can't we have somebody who looks stunning, like somebody who looks like Cheryl Cole, as opposed to like some diesel dyke with shaved hair, tattoos all the way up her arms and legs? Why do they have to use stereotypical? Why have all the gay guys got a little mincy fairies? Why can't they pick somebody who looks butch? Very difficult, I think, for Channel 4. Perhaps perhaps the people who, who put the programme together think that that's what everybody thinks everybody is. Shame they didn't go to Gay Pride. Quite clearly, gay people look like the Prime Minister's wife because she was there in black. What for? I've got no idea. I've got really no idea. I think all these people do it, hoping people who go, oh, right, so she really likes gay people. I think that's what they do it for. Uh, John Burt's leaving due £150,000. Why, says Ian? I don't know, because that's, that's, that's what it costs have a leaving do. I don't know why. I just think it does. I mean, we have leaving do's here, but generally speaking, you just have a, a whip round. You know, you have a whip round and uh, and people then get, you know, a set of glasses or something like that. I don't know, I can't remember. Normally, after so many years, you get a gold watch. Still waiting, still waiting for the gold watch. You don't get a gold watch anymore. I don't know who gets gold watches. Certainly not me, that's a fact. Uh, any chance of filming Nick Ferrari in his shorts and putting it on YouTube? <laughs> Me thinks he might be wearing very loud Bermuda shorts or maybe khaki military style with white socks and black shoes. Well, he'll definitely be wearing khaki. It'll definitely... It wouldn't be loud Bermuda. It'll definitely be khaki. That would be so funny, wouldn't it, if it was loud Bermuda. I think unlikely. Unlikely. Uh, East Ender stars, past and present, turned out for Wendy Richard as her Heritage Foundation plaque was unveiled. It's at the Shepherd Tavern in Mayfair, where her parents had this pub from 19 whatever it was 48 to uh, 1953, so they all turned up. Good for them, actually. And the plaque's gone up. Lovely day today. Not. It's going to rain. Make the most of it. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Monday morning. Which we hate. No, we. Everybody hates Monday. Oh, not Monday. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to work Monday morning. It's going to be wet. It's going to be miserable. can't win in this country, can you? We complain when it's too hot. We complain when it's too cold. Mind you, given the choice, either freezing cold or boiling hot, freezing cold wins hands down for me. You can always put clothes on. It's the taking off of clothes I'm not wild about. So when Anthony said that he took his shirt off on air, my heart skipped a beat, it has to be said. I just wish we'd captured it on film and we could have put it on the 24 Hours of LBC. Presenters taking their clothes off, can you imagine? Oh, guess who's written her autobiography at the age of nine? Rabina Ali. Go on, cast your mind back. Here we go. Rabina Ali. Give you a clue. She's nine years old and she's written her autobiography. Okay? She was in Slumdog Millionaire. Okay, She was one of many in Slumdog Millionaires, but she's written it and she's the youngest person to pen a memoir and they say it's the latest triumph for the girl from the slums of Mumbai. Well, she never wrote it, did she? Let's not be silly about it. Somebody's written it for her to capitalise and make money out of her. That's what it is. You don't think a nine-year-old sat down and go, Today I woke up. It was very messy. Tuesday, it was still very messy. Thursday, the police came and tore my house down. You know they're not going to do that they're going to so She's 9 years old. Don't really live that much. But somebody'll write it and they'll they'll sort of sort of make it interesting. Uh, Daniel reckons this is the last series of uh, Big Brother I don't think so they're already working on the next one of the celebrity Big Brother to be honest with you the uh, the public ones they're so desperate this time round two of the people in it came from the last series when they were casting and these were two people who didn't make it into the last series they're that desperate the trouble is most of these people have got brain injury there's something the matter they're not all there most of them have got either mental problems or they're just, they're just shallow people who you don't want anywhere near a television you only had to look at some of the people who have been voted out. I love the way that they, they vote them out, which, as far as I'm concerned, means you're a loser. And they sit there as if there's some big thing. And they, they, they said to Shri the other day, so, so what are you going to do now? Are you going to be a dancer? Uh, I don't know, he said. And I'm thinking, well, you haven't got any talent for doing anything else. You can't even dance that well. So what's the point? What did you go on to it for? To be an embarrassment to your parents? Quite clearly so. Uh, the word of the Lord is online. The oldest Bible in the world, 800 pages of the world's oldest surviving Bible have been painstakingly pieced together uh, by institutes from Britain, Germany, Egypt and Russia. The 4th Century Codex Sinaiticus, or Sinai book, will be launched online today by the British Library in London. Uh, it all looks Greek to me, which of course it is, but there are translations available. The British Library's Dr Scott McKendrick says one of the world's greatest written treasures offers a window into early Christian development. And um, they've also got the complete first edition of the 1456 Gutenberg Bible, first Bible ever printed. It would cost more than £20 million today if you wanted to buy it, a Gutenberg Bible. But uh, if you go to the British Library, their website, it'll be online and you can check it out. I wonder how much it varies today, because everything changed in the Bible, depending on who the scholar was who translated it, because they all translated differently. And so that'll be interesting. Might go and have a quick look at that a little bit later. Uh, David Beckham was in the papers yesterday. They're celebrating ten years. And apparently uh, Davey Boy Beckham has splashed out with that stick insect that they laughingly call the wife. Or as the papers said the other day, the woman with no talent in the world, so she's got to hang on to Davey Boy Beckham, because he's the money spinner. He's the money spinner. Together, they make up brand Beckham. But by herself, she wouldn't achieve anything at all. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But Davey Boy has taken her away to the island headquarters of Thunderbirds, Tracy Island, in the Seychelles, which is lovely. And uh, they've actually not taken their children. Apparently Victoria has asked her parents to babysit them in the south of France. Well, the parents, as far as I'm aware, um, are on the payroll anyway. I think that's what they're paid to do. They're paid to look after the children. Because very rare to uh, Davey Boy and uh, old Vic actually spend much time doing it. They live at opposite ends of the world. They meet up occasionally for photo opportunities. In fact, we had somebody writing in the other day who said that they, uh, most of the things that they do are photo opportunities. I would think, actually, everything they do is, is photo opportunity. It would have to be. Because sometimes it's just Victoria getting on a plane. And that, apparently, is, is a story in this day and age. Victoria Beckham gets on plane. Well, really? What, well, by herself? Unbelievable. Grown woman. Very funny. Uh, Michael Jackson live... Well, not actually. This is the AEG Live, that's the company, and they're offering tickets to the memorial service. Now, they've not got many, and apparently loads of Brits want to go, and they want to pay their last respects. I don't know why, actually, to be honest with you. I don't quite get grief uh, on this kind of scale, but they say thousands of British fans will be flocking to Los Angeles when he's laid to rest tomorrow. That's what they uh, reckon. His makeup artist, as I told you yesterday, has made him up. She's put his favourite mascara on his black coal pencil to outline his eyes, and his uh, favourite real human hair wig. So he'll be wearing that. Unfortunately, you'll never get to see that. But I bet you anything the National Enquirer had been offering serious amounts of money to get a picture of him in his coffin in exactly the same way that they offered money to... uh, Who was one of the ones who died? River Phoenix. They wanted a picture of River Phoenix in his coffin, so they managed to bribe one of the, uh, the cousins and fitted him up with a little tiny camera, so when they went to see him in the funeral home, he was able to take pictures of River in his coffin, and they put it on the front page. And the family went, this is absolutely outrageous, this is disgraceful, and tried to take them to court. And they argued, and won successfully, that they were doing it as a reminder to people not to take drugs. Take drugs, they kill you. It's as simple as that. We were talking about drugs earlier on, actually. We were talking about uh, people in showbiz who take cocaine. I said, I've never taken it. I've never taken the simple reason. I've never taken it. It's a bit too worried In case I like it, and then you sort of start thinking, oh, you know, I like this. It, perhaps it makes the program go differently. And then you think, I don't know. I'm not sure actually that you could do that. Uh, another one here. Social workers' fears over the future of Jacko's children. Oh dear. I hope social workers don't get involved. We don't have particularly high high uh, thoughts about them, do we? Uh, everybody talking about. This blaze in the Camberwell Flats and the problem that everybody faces who lives in these sorts of flats. Because if a fire starts, there's no way out because the, there's only the lift and a set of stairs. And if the uh, if the lift and the stairs are ablaze, you've just got to sit there and wait until somebody rescues you. So they're going to be talking about living in a 1960s tower block. Very strange, actually. I was listening to um, uh, Ken Livingstone. And he was talking to somebody about this, about the fire. And he said, of course, it's very strange now in tower blocks, he said, because it's a, um, it's a mixture of different people. He said years ago, he said, there were a lot of middle-class people who lived in council house blocks. I was driving down the road thinking, which year did middle-class people live in council house blocks? I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that at all. Anyway, they'll be talking about that. Uh, also, they're talking about the council uh, paying to transport one child to school. £80,000. Also on the business battlefront, Debbie Moore, founder and owner of Pineapple Dance Studio. Knife Crime on the Rise. And they're going to be talking as well with the papers. And Lucy Beresford is in today, the psychotherapist and author. Okay, so all of that with Nick Ferrari at seven. Uh, Very quickly, Noreen says, I'm so podcasted out. Clive is off. So you were on virtually all weekend. Jan 07... January 07. Because if you go and learn how to podcast, you can go back, I think, further than January 07. I think you must better go back further than that, anyway. And uh, she says, Croydon was on the horizon, and you were about to be Paul Ross for a day. She says, uh, now I have to get some more for when we're in winterton Sea in Norfolk, unless we can get LBC. Is anybody in Winterton in Norfolk? Can you get uh, LBC up there? Otherwise, she's going to have to just podcast everything. Absolutely everything. Not going to be easy, I'm afraid. But she'll struggle through it, does our Noreen. Uh, details coming up in a moment of the how low It's a plasma TV, a plasma TV, 42-inch, so it's not small. This is a big one. And Paul says, I think we should, uh, make Liz Smith a dame. I think she's already got some, hasn't she got an MBE or something like that? I don't think we're going to make her a dame. I think that, that's like, sort of, saying, well, somebody's 87, perhaps we should give them something. At the moment, Trisha is in the papers today. I'll tell you why Trisha is in the papers a little bit later on. And, we um, will also tell you why... All those, I told you the other day, didn't I? I tried to buy some air conditioning, and they said 21-day delivery. I thought it's a bit pointless, isn't it, really? Why don't you keep these things in stock like in America? And then, oh, we got the results back. You remember my little pen that I bought, inadvertently, for £247? And then the barrel dropped off it, and I didn't realise to open my wallet. I got, finally got the bill back, because they have to tell you how much it's going to cost to put the barrel on the pen before they will do it. They obviously want to make sure you've got the money. And uh, they phoned me up the other day from John Lewis, and they said, "Oh, uh, we've, we've got the estimate back." I said, "All right, how much?" Bear in mind, the pen was two hundred and forty-seven pounds. I know it's a lot of money, and I could have had Biros cheaper, but it was one of those situations that it it's a little tiny. I don't know what's that about—six inches, something like that. Anyway, and it's a little thing; just fits in the wallet. But this blasted barrel dropped off it, so take it in. It's no good without the barrel; it just looks a bit stupid and naked. And uh, the cost of the barrel: forty-one pounds. So, to be honest with you, the pen cost 247. I didn't actually think that was that bad. So I've said, listen, just go ahead with it. Just go ahead with it and, you know, just let me know when it's ready. How long will that take? About a week and a half. They're very slow at Mont Blanc. It's, you know, replacing a barrel, it's probably got to be made somewhere, you know. Very exciting. Uh, The Samsung television, 42-inch. I don't need to tell you anything about it. It's got digital built-in, HD-ready, which you must have. And the size of the screen doesn't compromise the quality. So, in other words, the bigger it is, the better the quality. Lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today for this one, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So, LBC then your bid in pence and send that to 88821. Bid will cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm tonight. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's a nice one. 42 inch though, remember 42 inches is uh, is fairly big. Fairly big. There's also in the paper today the family of uh, the murdered Harry Potter actor Rob Knox. They've actually seen his uh, glittering Debut, debut in the movie, so they're quite pleased. But sad at the same time. She said, but the movie's given me him forever, and that's the good thing about, about people in movies who lose their lives, or people on radio, or anything like that. At least you can listen to it forever and ever. And that's why you can, you can go and download Kenneth Williams and all, all sorts of wonderful stuff. 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk We weave all your texts and emails in to the programme. Oh, and Michael O'Leary, the Ryanair boss, he's got a brilliant idea to get more people in I came up with this as a joke some years ago. Quite clearly, uh, Mike, because he phones me all the time, uh, was listening to the programme. How do you get more people on a plane? Make them stand. Like being on a bus or like being on a train. So in other words, you stand and you, ha- you hang on to the overhead. Th- it seems perfectly feasible to me. You know, Pay extra, you can have a seat. But if you don't, you stand up. I think that's a great idea. So it becomes like a bus. You get on there and you stand. Admittedly, for two or three hours. It's- but people do that on trains now. Sometimes, you know, the train I get in the morning is really busy and sometimes you have to stand. I don't stand. I push people off seats. Off! Off! I'm on the radio. Off the seats, And also those dreadful people sit there slurping their coffee first thing in the morning. Oh, God. And eating. They have only got to produce a Greg's bag and I'm out the door. I can't believe how many people eat food on the train. Eat at home. Eat your breakfast before you go to work. Uh, But uh, today the advice is don't eat your breakfast. Take your umbrella. News headlines, Boris Johnson is due to meet the fire crews who fought Friday's fatal tower block fire. Six people died, including three children, when flames spread through the 12-storey building in Camberwell. Fans are finding out by email if they've won tickets for tomorrow's Michael Jackson memorial show. This comes as his family are planning a private burial at the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Hollywood. And David Cameron will set out his plans to reform government later. The Tory leader's due to make a speech in which he's likely to attack the growing influence of quangos. Got to check on the roads for you, shall we? It's Cube uh, Room this morning. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning to the tubes first, and the Jubilee line has 1.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 13 minutes, nearly 14 at the moment, uh, to 6 o'clock this Monday. It looks as though it's going to be a nice day. Don't be fooled. It's going to chuck it down a little bit later. Absolutely chuck it down. And then he'd all be saying, Thank goodness, Steve Allen said on LBC, take your umbrella. Uh, Federer wins. Very good. Uh, more. What was this story here that I came up with? Oh yes, politicians and celebrities are flocking to the Daily Mail's campaign to stop the extradition of Gary McKinnon. Uh, this is a man who hacked in. Do you remember? He's got Ausburgers, and uh, they did some very interesting programmes and obviously about it. I didn't know anything about it before. I'm not saying I'm any, any the wiser now, but at least it's uh, it's made me more aware. And if you check the blog yesterday. There's uh, a big walk coming up to raise money for crones. It's in Hyde Park. It's on the 26th of July. And yesterday, on the blog, on the Steve Allen blog, we put the link down to the website. They're doing, I think it's a 10-kilometre walk in Hyde Park. You must pre-register. It's only £10 and you get lunch, tea and a T-shirt and there's entertainment on the way and you, it raises money for Crohn's. So, why not check out my blog of yesterday? A little bit worried about the Bishop of Rochester, Dr Michael Nazir Ali, who said that homosexual behaviour was a sin. This is a Church of England bishop, uh, and uh, homosexuals should repent and be changed. Absolutely. What do you reckon, boys and girls, today? Perhaps you think green is the new camp colour for bishops? You've never seen anybody who dresses themselves in more gold and finery. It's almost borderline drag, I'm afraid, within the Church of England now. Thousands of pounds wasted on these uh, outfits, shot through with gold and silver, and they call other people camp. Ah, excuse me, I don't think so. But anyway... On the weekend that Labour and Tory leaders vie to demonstrate the depth of their support for the gay rights movement, Dr Nazir Ali says, we don't want to be rolled over by culture. Just rolled over, eh, Bishop? Just rolled over. Ooh, cross to the dark side. Go on, give it a whirl. See how you feel about it. He he was considered a front-runner for the the job of Archbishop of Canterbury. God, he never made it. How do these bigots get inside the church? It absolutely amazes me in this day and age. absolutely amazes me. Uh, Michael Winner says, I was born a wimp. I just pretend to be a winner because there's a new study and it claims that self confidence is all in the genes. So, in other words, people you think are terribly sort of brash. In other words, Anne, Anne Whitacombe's a bit of a pussycat. A little bit of a. Not not that sort of big brash harridan that you think she is. She's actually a pussycat. Michael Winner says it's all an act. It's all an act. I'm trying to think of other people who it would all be an act for. You know, people who sort of come over on the television as very bombastic. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who would be. Somebody who thinks really tough and yet really inside, they're not they are not that tough at all. Are you listening to somebody like that now? I don't know. I don't know. Is it all an act? Do I leave here and rush round to the old Bishop of Rochester's place and sort of share some fairy cakes or something? I don't know, viewers. What do you reckon? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I think I should take Anne Whittacombe out for a day. Oh, that'd, be a, that'd be a date, wouldn't it? The hot date, I think. And um, Chris says, I bought a new Roberts mini-radio. To listen to you while speed walking, I can get every station except LBC. So I've now got to stay in bed. Yeah, but staying in bed's cool, isn't it? I mean, staying in bed is nice, unless of course you really need to get up for work. In which case, you must you must get up again. They asked the question: Will the Jackson Four comeback salvage the UK tour finances? I don't. To be honest with you, I was I was a fan of Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five, but frankly, they're all old men now. They're well past their sell-by. The Jackson Four reforming is just not enough. I tell you, who was complaining in the papers, and I can't find it at the moment. I found it earlier on, and I remember thinking that's a strange thing. It had never crossed my mind, but it will do, especially after I've told you that A in the paper yesterday. This will please the Bishop of Rochester. Hope you're listening, your eminence. But Daniel Radcliffe wants to wear drag in his next movie. I don't think it makes him a whoopsie boy, but I think it makes him a fine actor. But I don't know, perhaps you should go round there and we should all plead for repentance or something. But Noel Gallagher, I mean, I see this is the far worse story this morning, has boasted he's blown how much on drugs... A million quid. And he said, I don't regret a penny of it. This is an ugly boy from Manchester. You fool. You foolish little child. He's even a- t- attacked Chris Martin from Coldplay for claiming he's never taken drugs. Doing drugs is the most beautiful thing about being in a rock band, he bragged. Mm. Makes you fall out with your brother, makes you a complete and utter pillock, doesn't it, Noel? But there you go, lovey, I'm sure somebody loves you. I'm sure somebody somewhere thinks you've got some sort of talent. Unfortunately, he's also disillusioned with new labour. He no longer votes. Shouldn't imagine they want you. Don't want junkies in there, thank you very much indeed. Oh, here we go. Jade Goody's mum says Michael Jackson will look after her daughter in heaven. Bigger fool than we thought. No, he won't, I'm afraid. He'll distance himself from her as quickly as possible. Uh, Katie Price fuming this morning. Katie Price, really unhappy. Why is she unhappy? Because apparently Peter Andre, 36, sneaked Chantelle Houghton into uh, her daughter's birthday bash. Oh, my goodness me, Peter Andre... Who's a real serious person, like a lot to talk about, and Chantelle still living the dream, trying to work out whether or not she's five years old or six. It's not easy, is it? And she went and then, of course. Jordan doesn't like Chantelle. Mind you, to be honest with you, Peter, I'd stay well away from Chantelle. He's thirty-six, she's twenty-five. But I mean, mentally, she's about eleven, isn't she? I thought I've seen her on the toes She's not the brightest penny in the box, and she hangs around with footballers. Pete, don't go anywhere near her. I'm warning you now. Just take some advice. Perhaps your new agent will uh, will tell you this. Uh, Lily Allen may have sung Smile, but apparently she's a misery in real life. Yeah, that's a shame, because you like people to be happy, but she's not. She apparently is one of the most negative celebs on Twitter. She's apparently, uh, somebody says here, uh, she famously sings, I feel bad for a while, but then I just smile. But they found she's one of the most pessimistic stars. Jazz star Jamie Cullum was the happiest, boosted by his relationship with Sophie Dahl. That's nice, isn't it? So I suppose it's your relationship that makes you happy, and also winning the lottery makes you ill and wrecks your life. Yeah, you know, t- I'll tell you what. Give me the twenty-five million, and I'll let you know how far in it ruins my life and makes me turn to uh, to booze. Apparently, lucky players who scoop the jackpot often end up with worse lifestyles than before they're windfall. Well, of course, they can afford worse lifestyles, can't they? Although I don't know many people who've won it. Do you remember that man with the allotment? I don't think he's going to be turning to cocaine, is he? Not very likely. You know, I've got 25 million. I think I'll start doing lines. You know, perhaps we'll do some chasing the dragon with the wife. It's not going to happen, is it, while trying to grow oversized marrows? Uh, Callum Best. Good God, he's still alive. I had no idea that uh, poor old dreary has been Callum Best is, uh, is still doing anything. But uh, he's still going... Honestly, I don't know what he calls himself now. But uh, interesting that uh, during all the rainstorm... Oh, yes, because we had Blur, didn't we, on Friday. Did it rain on Friday? Oh, it was lovely weather and all of Blur's fan were out there and it was lovely. And people... (laughs) They sang songs about whatever Blur sings songs about. Because I've got No idea. No idea. Uh, Lynn says, £41 for the barrel of your pen? Scandalous. You could have bought six baked potatoes with cheese and beans in. I know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I could have gone down to Van Hague's and I could have bought six people baked potatoes for £41. Because it's so reasonable for their food down there, as you'll remember. Uh, James Embarking, I've never heard of this paranormal investigator who has offered to exorcise my house. I love the idea of having your house exorcised. I quite like that idea. I think that's uh, quite funny. I uh, see, after they uh, did this plaque for Wendy Richard the other day, uh, James Alexandru turned up with uh, Sonia, Natalie Cassidy. Still living the dream. Uh, the dream is to be a lot thinner, I think, and come to the next DVD. And I want to know what James is doing at the moment. There was rumour that he was going to be going on tour in that play where <coughs> excuse me, the actors have to take their clothes off. You know, the one that Daniel Ratcliffe did. He was going to be doing Equus, I thought. And then somebody said, You know, it's stark naked. And he went, oh, I don't think so. So he's not going to be doing that now. But I don't know what he's doing. We'll just have to find out. But there is this story. I wish I could find out where this blooming story is. It's so annoying. Oh, Kerry Katona's got a life coach. Uh, Nicky and Eva Speakman have got. Uh, they're obviously um, life coaches. And they've got the naffest car you've ever seen. It's obviously in Lancashire. Perhaps in Lancashire, people are just naff full stop. I'm a bit worried about that, isn't it? Oh, they've got the Battle of the Babes, Chantel, living the dream, and that very old woman called Jordan. I can't find this story. This is now driving me mad. I I'll tell you what the story is. The story is that Trisha, you remember Trisha? She's complained that loose women do not have any black presenters. And what she's saying is that they should do, because the programme is run, she says, by uh, middle-class Kensington types. Well, Carl, who is one of the producers there, I've never ever classed... He comes from up north for a start, so he's certainly not Kensington. In fact, if he is, it'll be the campus Kensington you've ever seen in your life. So Carl, who used to feature on LBC, used to come in and do the uh, the papers. Um, and they have had... She said perhaps they should have... Is it uh, Shabna Gutar, who was in Dinner Ladies and, and loads of things there? And uh, I'm sure she's been on the programme before. But I, I think it doesn't help, really. I mean, Jackie, friend of Amanda's, is certainly not Kensington type, and she's the production manager. I think what they do is they put loads of because if you're going to say, oh, they don't have any black people on there, well, I don't remember seeing many Chinese, don't remember seeing many Albanians, don't remember seeing any uh, Lithuanians or Russians on the panel. You know, you can't just go, oh, we don't have one particular. They have everything. They have a good cross section. People go on there. They have lots of guests who go on and sing. It'd be like sort of directing that in conversation. And by God, I think we're the most multicultural programme on the radio. I think absolutely so. But, uh, you know, I I think it's a bit sad to signal... uh, To uh, to sort of um, single out just one programme and say, oh, they don't have uh, this, they don't have that. I think she's obviously angling for a job, you know. I think that's it. I think that's what it is. I think she's sort of saying, listen, I'm available at the moment... Uh, because I d- because my Channel 5 show is finished. So perhaps you should put me on there. I think she's a bit too old. I think it's a fairly young-ish pa- When I say young-ish panel, I think it's a kind of panel that, you know, they're, they're quite happy with. It seems to work for them. Julian says, Andy Murray, great tennis player, but what a miserable, unhappy person. I think it has, he's had his smiling muscles removed. Smiling muscles. I don't know why. I mean, everybody predicted he wasn't going to win anyway. I think it was a case of, you know, get, get rid of the mother. The mother who sat there every time. She looked just a bit scary for most people. 84850 uk. We'll come back for more from the uh, papers in a moment. Don't forget the 42 uh, inch plasma can be yours. Love you to win it today. Be nice, isn't it? Somebody will win it by 6 o'clock this evening. As I say, the studio's quite cool, provided you don't move from this seat. If you move from this seat, you're in a heat wave. We're having a heat wave. But summer is over, well, until, uh, at least uh, next month. So today, wet, 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 wet. Temperature could reach plus 86. Not today, not today. That that could be next week again, next week. And also, what about the visitors to Chester Zoo? They're all happily going, you know, I mean, we, we like, quite like zoos, because there's lots of places you can go to where they're not like zoos. When we did the snow leopards. If you don't know what we're talking about, go and check it out on YouTube. Steve Allen and the Snow Leopards. Lovely, lovely. They're just getting a bit too big now. And they're saying, because so many LBC people have gone down there to see these wild animals. And they are wild. And I meet, when I say wild, they're wild. But these are the most beautiful things you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, they're getting a little bit too big to be out. So this might be the last few weeks that they're out. Also, it's your last week, I think, of having a look at the photographs from Hornchurch. Uh, because Chris, Chris Adula will take them off the site, I think, next week. So uh, you better nip on there quick. That's on photocris.co.uk. Click on the Steve Allen link. And don't forget, they're up there, whether you like it or not, 24 Hours in the Life of LBC. And that's on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. OK, so you can go and check those out. And you can see and try and work out how Matthew Schofield got so many pictures up on the site. I find it unbelievable. I think money changed hands. LBC.
2: We're closing in on benefit.
0: Morning, everybody. Monday morning, LBC 97.3. Phew, what a scorcher, as they say. Not outside, it's in here. <laughs> People from Lancashire, Steve, wouldn't pay £5 for a baked potato. Well, they would if they had to. My due, we like baked potatoes. Morning, Susan Spence. Good
1: morning, how are we?
0: Um, well, warm.
1: Little yes. A little bit
0: toasty in here. It's
1: all a little bit makeshift, really, isn't it? It is
0: a little bit makeshift. I remember years ago, we, we had the air conditioning. went How we cope before air conditioning, God alone knows. <laughs> I was trying to work out, years ago... In Broadway. I can't even see you through this thing. I'm waiting. Oh, blimey, it's gone oh, off. Oh, my heavens. It's gone off. Wait a minute. i to push my little button. No. Oh, it's come back on again. There you go. Oh, I can see. Oh, you he can see Oh, sun. Look at, you, Look at that shirt ass. that
1: you've got on the D.
0: It's a bit bright.
1: It's actually nice. I like that.
0: <coughs> yeah. It's kind of orangey
1: and red and pink. Yeah. I'm Very wearing nice. it
0: for the Bishop of Rochester.
1: <laughs> I heard Rochester, your comments about him, yes.
0: <laughs> I think he needs somebody to go around. As I said, you know, the only people within the church who wear all this flamboyant camp clothing. Exactly. And they start talking about other people's lifestyles. It does worry me a little bit. But no, It's uh, how do we cope before we had something like air conditioning? What did we do?
1: I'll tell you what we did. One moment, please. Let me just well, she's you not going right
0: to take back. her clothes off. Please <laughs> tell me she's not going to take her clothes off. Oh. I've told you not to turn that on in the studio. I really don't. I mean, I do apologise, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <It's
1: laughs> I wonder. I didn't think about that until I turned
0: it on. <laughs> First thing I, I thought of. Don't
1: know what you're talking about.
0: Of course. <laughs> now that see that the trouble is that's great, but it's so noisy. <clears throat> I took one to the theatre once, thinking because I I remember sitting in the in the theatre once, and it was so hot I started sweating, and you know when you start sweating you start thinking. I bet the people behind me are watching this trickling down the back of my neck. So every so often you run <laughs> your hanky I know, it's <laughs> disgusting. You do, And then it got worse and worse. And I had to go and stand outside. So I bought a little fan to take with me. I turned it with well, a noise. It was atrocious. <coughs> <coughs> so well, consequently, th- I don't use them anymore.
1: This one's... No, I don't think this one's... I think it obviously sounds worse than it is because we're in here and mm. right next to a microphone. But... Um, the other day, I think it was last Wednesday, I had to go into town, and I don't often have to take the tube these days.
0: Oh, no. And it was
1: horrendous, <laughs> and thank the Lord for this little thing. Really? Oh, it was just wonderful. How many thought- women
0: can say that? How <laughs> many women listening at the moment and say, thank the Lord for that little thing there? You're Good- in one of these Could moods. I cool you off on the tube, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I tell you, I thought I was going to get lynched, because everybody was staring at me very enviously. Really? Oh, yes, they wanted one.
0: I'm not, I'm not sure I could cope with that on the tube. <laughs> Somebody talked about the tube the other day, and I said, I haven't been on a tube in this weather for ages. Well, it's, it's horrendous.
1: Nice. Especially when you're my height, five foot two, and you're yeah. stuck under somebody's armpit,
0: and they're all snick. Oh, they I stink. know. Yes, why don't... You, you do sometimes get people on, on the tube, and you go, oh, stop it, for goodness sake. Just well, either that deodorant on. Well,
1: either that or they have halitosis. Oh. That's actually worse. I'd rather have sweat than halitosis. Oh, if yeah. I had to
0: choose. Given the choice, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, this morning, as you can well imagine. Uh, now, Johnny says, um, "As to, this is a memo to Trisha. Did you hear my comments about yes. Trisha? She said there aren't enough uh, black people on Loose Women. He says, as a black man, Trisha, can you stop playing the race card? Trisha reminds me of OJ Simpson, black when it suits and so fake. So it's one of those, I think they put everybody on there. It doesn't matter. I've seen black women on the panel. I've seen, you know, they don't have somebody permanently on the panel, but they don't have anybody Chinese or Albanian or, you know, somebody, some lesbian on the panel all the time. They have lots of mixes of different people, different ages.
1: Yeah, they do. I, I, I think you might be right when you made the comment. She's angling for a job.
0: That's what. That's what we were I thinking. Mean, you know, yeah. bless
1: um, Trisha, because you know she's struggled through, and you know, yes, um, she's back in, in in good health, and that's great. But yeah, I think perhaps it's not a bad line to say. I'd quite like a job. Why don't you
0: yeah. think about it? Yes. Why don't she just say, can I have a job? Uh, who's going to be appearing on the fourth plinth? Not me, Phil. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Isn't that ridiculous? Or is that just me thinking it's ridiculous? I think it's ridiculous too. Yeah,
0: today. it is. I didn't understand. Although they've cleaned up the fountains in Trafalgar Square really quickly. Have they? The, the other week I went past and they, they drained them because they were full of algae because of the heat and the water. Now they've all been cleaned and they look lovely again. I wish people had stopped putting their dirty feet in there. This is not a bath, I'm afraid, for those people. Oh, is that
1: what people do? Yes,
0: people sit there and put their feet in there and dangle them in the water. Oh, how common. Disgusting people. It is horrible. <laughs> horrible. It's horrible. Right. Uh, Johnny says, an update on Ferrari wearing shorts. Portly gentlemen seen getting into car in the Blackheath area, wearing neon Lycra <laughs> shorts and tight-fitting T-shirt. <laughs> 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 it's a thought. It's a thought. Oh, so I, wonder. I wouldn't wear shorts in this weather. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I'm, I mean... Oh, in- what's wrong with you wearing shorts? I've got terrible legs. Have you? Terrible legs. We can't see them because I'm wearing my jeans. But I'm I just don't do shorts. Not Even sh-
1: when you go on summer holidays. Uh,
0: well, I'm, I might on holiday, yeah. Hmm. But I'm not that, but I'd, I'd rather do it privately with a big tent all the way around me. I don't like to do this <laughs> publicly. Thank you very much indeed. I can
1: see you in a pair of like, you know, safari shorts. Yes, of shorts. course you can. We'll take
0: that image out of your mind straight away because <laughs> we don't want to we don't want other people to think about it, I'm afraid. <laughs> so anyway, uh, now we know Federer's won Wimbledon.
1: Oh God love little Rodders. Yeah. I so wanted Andy Roddick to win, but
0: it was not to be.
1: Oh, I know, but I, I could have wept for him, and he was so upset. And I just don't think he's going to get the chance to win it again. I was, I was really very upset about it, and I'm being genuine when I say that because mm. I love Andy Roddick, um, and I, I really thought it was his time. And well, he had—I suppose the thing is—he <coughs> had his chances, and he blew it. Yeah, it didn't work out. But real shame.
0: Wasn't right on the day, was it?
1: Well, he played fantastic. In fact, he actually probably, on the whole, played better than Roger Federer did. Oh really? But well, Roger Federer only broke his serve once, and that was in the final game
0: of of right. the fifth set. Leaves me cold, Wimbledon. Uh, oh, I love, I love it. Doesn't do anything for me. Two weeks is great. Really? Mm, really Can't enjoy. Bet. You in watch fact... cricket then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming same colour clothing. No, no. So, what, same, <laughs> same surface to play sort of on. Same thing. Same <laughs> thing.
1: Uh, no, I, I actually I'm not a cricket fan at no. all. I might put the Ashes on. Um, purely as a substitute Because I'm so used to having the, the tennis on mute While yeah. I'm at home That a, a bit of greenery in the background will keep me going But no, I, I, I'm not one for cricket, no, not really
0: Doesn't do it for me at all uh, Michael Jackson gets buried tomorrow mm. uh, There's only 11,000 tickets For the service available This is this uh, memorial service they're doing
1: Is that all? Yeah,
0: the other 6,500 for the Nokia Theatre next door Where you'll watch on three large screens and there's was 11,000. I mean, out of all the people who want to go, there's fans from this country trekking over there now to try and get in. Well, it's, it's going to be pretty remote, so I would have who, thought.
1: So who will be in the 11,000? What kind of people? Family, friends?
0: They say family, friends, Stevie Wonder, people like that who'll be singing. Mm. They'll be more real to him. What time the funeral is? Their family have said it's a private funeral. And, I mean...
1: A private funeral that's going to be televised?
0: No, they, this is the memorial service oh, okay. that people have, have tickets for. The funeral itself, I think, will be private at Forest Lawns, and they've, they've not invited certain people. I don't think David Guest has been invited. Oh, really? I don't think Yuri Geller's been invited. I don't think lots of people have been invited. Mark Lester's going. To the he? funeral, Yes, because he was apparently, strangely enough, very close to Michael Jackson. Yes,
1: I think I read that in um, last week's papers. Yeah. I've, I've been trying to follow it, but I, I feel a bit, you know, overwhelmed by or as in not overwhelmed in an emotional sense, mm. but overwhelmed as in too much information.
0: Yes. All right, more on that in a moment from Susan Spence. I'm Steve Allen. It's Early Breakfast. It's 6.14. LBC 97.3. <laughs> The new one point three. Oh, I, I sense trouble a- brewing, Susan Spence. Do you? Trouble a- brewing in the Beckham camp, and the reason is that uh, David, as you know, is the face of Armani because he wears their pants, <laughs> and they've also just negotiated uh, a very big deal with Angelina Jolie, and they're trying to get them together for a photo shoot to sell them as the explosive face of Armani. Well, Vic's going to go up the wall. She's not going to be happy. No, she's at not at all.
1: Not given the fact that Angelina met Brad Pitt on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith whilst he was married to Jennifer Aniston.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you think that Davy Boy would ever sort of, you know, stray or you know, want with somebody else? And <laughs> I don't. You know, I shouldn't think so. No, probably not. <laughs> well, there were pictures
1: at the weekend of them looking very, you know, celebrating the tenth wedding anniversary. Yeah, looking very cosy. Yeah. So.
0: Well. It's all a little bit worrying. That's all I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen. A little bit worrying. And Vic is probably the first person to be going, I'm not happy about that. They're trying to... They think... I think they're stirring. They're trying to get him in his pants again with Angelina Jolie draped across him.
1: Oh, I can't see that... Going. No, I can't see that. I was
0: hoping that was going to be an interesting (laughs) one. There you go. Uh, And Anita Harris in the Daily Express in the centre pages after yesterday's revelation that she's uh, lost everything. She only came in to see me a few weeks back. Did she? Literally a few weeks back, because uh, Mike had an exhibition. They were selling some of his artwork. No mention of this. So it's obviously got to that level now that they don't see any way back at all. Homeless, broke, and feeling, she says, utterly ashamed. Don't need to feel ashamed.
1: Maybe that's why she, they, he was selling some of his artwork.
0: Might have been, might have been. But um, she says um, they were actually going to sell paintings which would have solved their financial problems, but unfortunately none of the paintings sold. Instead, the bailiffs confiscated 12 of the pieces, valued 140000 to pay their outstanding £1,200 council tax bill. Well, they took 140000 quid's worth to pay £1,200. I mean, it just... Seem, it probably seems that everything is on the down, 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 but I'm quite sure it'll soon be on the up, up, up again.
1: Yeah, friends might rally round now that yeah. they know. Yeah, well, she's living in hell. a friend's place. Oh, is she?
0: She's living in a spare room. Oh, dear. In a friend's place, and I haven't got any money to pay rent. I don't know what you do when you get to that age. What do you do when you get to 67? I mean, I suppose the answer is you do the same as everybody else. You get a pension and you survive on that. But when you've had it all and then lost it all, it must seem even worse.
1: Well, that's the problem, because they're going to have to change their lifestyle completely, aren't they? Yes. And that must be very difficult, depending on how you've lived. But, you know, if, if one lives out with your means, this is what happens.
0: Yeah. They did, unfortunately, plunge 130000 quid into making a pilot TV show. Now, I've always thought, you know, rather save 100. let somebody else do it. Nobody's making anything at the moment. Uh, written by Mike, her husband, and it was meant to kick-start their careers... But it didn't. It didn't come off. So they lost one hundred and thirty thousand. There are pilots made every day of the week. I can tell you now. Obviously, if you speak to one person around here, speak to a hundred, and they'll all tell you, "Oh, I did a pilot quiz show, a pilot chat show, a pilot." There. They make them every day. They're always looking for something. Barely one in a thousand gets commissioned. Mm. Mm. So you can waste an awful lot of money. It's a shame, really. But I suppose the the advice is, we all have to to look after our money. I'm quite good at saving. Are you good at saving? Are you rubbish?
1: Not really. Oh. Not really. I mean, I'm not a spendthrift. No. But I'm not really very good at... No, I'm not really very... I don't have any savings. I don't have a savings account. Really?
0: Hmm. Oh, good Lord. Crack, I've got a savings account. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Only because my, my bank manager looks after it. She spirits it away. If there's any money left in the account at the end, she takes it and sticks it in another account.
1: But you earn oodles of money.
0: Oh, I wish a woman oh, would you. Whittle I don't... Well, a little bit. Well, not (laughs) as much as Terry Wogan's 800,000. I mean, I'm a positive pauper. Although, strangely, there's a piece in in the Express today on what age you think you'll have to work till. Well, I don't envisage ever stopping to be, unless I win the lottery, I should just carry on working.
1: Yeah, my financial advisor (laughs) says that whenever I take things out or do something. And he's like, "And what do you think your age of retirement will be?
0: Oh, they ask you that. I don't know. (laughs) And what do you say?
1: Well, it used to be that it was automatically for women it would be 60, but now they raise it to 65.
0: Well, they say now we might have to work until we're 70. Mm. See, I don't have a problem with working until 70. Bryn Williams, him and Annie celebrating their anniversary today, he's a bit above that and he's still working. And people, you just don't think about it now, do you?
1: Well, no, because we're, we're all younger and living longer and healthier and all of that kind of thing. That's yeah. the idea, so therefore it doesn't really seem to be...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you go over your cold... Uh, yeah, got over the cold. Yeah, but it's sort of this sort of cough. Still, <coughs> still a bit chesty. Oh, I'm yeah. afraid. That's very good. But uh, it's not bad, is it? i can do a good there, cough. Yeah. Yes, uh, but I do have my, my, my cough mixture, which occasionally I take a swig of. <laughs> Get a bit high. Cavonia. Cavon. C- C- no, I don't use Cavonia actually. I've, I've got this one, which was given to me by my uh, my new new chemist. And it's very good. It's it's uh, sugar free. Look at this. some walking chemist in here. I tell you. That's called lady? Care codeine sugar free.
1: Oh, coding! Cool, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's for calms, dry or irritating coughs. And mine's very irritating. Beginning to irritate the hell out of me, so I, I take a swig every so often.
1: Well, at least you got rid of it. You didn't have to take any time off. Because when I saw you last week, you were you were on
0: your... Knees. Your last legs. My last legs. The trouble is, I wouldn't take time off. I'm not I'm not very good at taking time off. Anybody would tell you. What are you looking at? You're just looking at it. i, I just had... seen
1: the co- colour. It's bright. Is it bright pink or is that just a label?
0: Gee, I've got no idea. It's a brown bottle. It could be any colour in here. I've got, No, I've never seen it. It just goes straight in my mouth.
1: Oh, it's just because the lid's pink.
0: Yeah. It, c- it could be orange. Could be. Could be orange, I think, actually. Uh, what does it taste like? Nice. Yum, yum, yum. We used to have a presenter on LBC who was addicted to codeine in cough med- medicine.
1: Which is what that is.
0: Oh, is it? Oh, right. You
1: just read it out. So oh, yes, care codeine. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God, he's losing it. <gasps> I'm losing it
0: now. Oh, my <laughs> God. Take him out. He's past it. <laughs> Paul in Manchester says, Shubner Gul- Gulati has been on Loose swimming, not once, but several times. So that's, I'm afraid, uh, Trisha's theory blown out of the water.
1: That's true. She has, surely, yeah.
0: Yeah. So perhaps the wrong one to use, Tricia. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people saying that uh, it may be sour grapes because she's lost the Channel 5 gig. To be honest with you, do you think that we need any more of these kind of let's help, you know, people who are dysfunctional anymore? I don't want to watch this on television. It, it finished in America.
1: I have never watched these. Well, I've you obviously not. watched them in the way, on in the beginning once or twice. I cannot bear that kind of thing. I just think it's just a complete setup because who in the right mind, seriously, would go on a television show to air the dirty laundry and start screeching at each other? It's pitiful. I just can't bear watching that kind of thing. Yeah,
0: I have seen it, and I do agree with you. It is pitiful. It used to be in America. Jerry Springer used to do a normal chat show in the afternoon. Then he discovered, by getting people on who wanted to beat seven bells out of each other, it made bigger ratings. So they'd drag on these fat lumps who'd sit there and go, you know, you cheated on me, yeah, but I cheated on you with your mother, and your mother and me have been living together for 25 years, and look, we, we, we've had a, a puppy, and uh, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's still I mean, it's undignified, just
1: and it's shameful
0: yeah. like, to
1: be... To, why would you want to conduct yourself like that? Well,
0: they think they're being clever, these people. Oh,
1: exactly, but it's just They sit
0: horrible. there and they're just rude, foul-mouthed people. Mm. I don't know why they put them on television. I mean, I think you could ask both of them, Jeremy Kyle and that.
1: I think you probably could. Nowadays, I think you could. Yes. I think there would have been a time where people, there were still an interest. I, I would be surprised if the ratings were as high as they used to be.
0: I don't think so. But in fact, all it does is give a platform for these people. They have one of these police camera action programmes in the early hours of the morning. And one of them, all of a sudden, this car shot away... From the police and they went, Whoop, get it. Eh, eh, eh. Well of course, round all these council estates on Sheffield, these people know exactly where to dump the cars mm. <coughs> and everything else. When it turned out, after this car had smashed into a wall and the driver ran away, he was fourteen. Fourteen. And all his mates thought he was really big and clever because he'd nicked a car and run ran from the police.
1: But then you see, if t- children that age are watching the likes of those shows, yeah. the Jeremy Kyle show and, and Springer and all of that lot, it's no blinking wonder. Because yeah. they think, oh, that's fine to act well, like. Well, exactly.
0: That. What it does, it, it glamorises what they do. Yeah, they- so they had people on there. Somebody had smashed a car on this estate. And the policeman was saying to these fellas, listen, I've told you, go away. And they stand there arguing because it makes no difference to them. So you go to the police station; they've been there before. I mm-hmm. couldn't care less. Yeah. You know, their life starts with nothing and ends with nothing. Why should they care? Exactly. They think it's really big. You know, carry knives and guns makes you big. You get little kids with little hoodies on doing, you know, the Harvey, Harvey Smith thing, Harvey Smith. which seems a bit dated now. Years ago, it was considered absolutely awful. Somebody oh yeah, you
1: somebody stick two, two fingers up at up you. At you. Oh, a Nowadays, real
0: thing. oh god, dear, go away. Yeah. It's so stupid. So oh, it now is. It's,
1: well, it's one finger, isn't it? Yeah. I and mean, even then, that's not much anymore.
0: It's, it's a little bit pathetic, I'm yeah. afraid. It's a bit sad. So, poor old Trisha Goddard. And uh, lastly, you mentioned uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who showed us all his magic wand in Equus. Now, <laughs> Rupert Grint, who plays his Ron, is uh, is also it, showing us his magic wand in a film. Must be something in the water, I suspect.
1: Well, he's got swine flu, hasn't he, Rupert Grint? I know.
0: He's just recovered, hasn't he? I yeah, think. and
1: he's not. he's not back filming yet. Apparently. Poor soul. Yeah, I always thought once you had a swine flu, that was it. But then somebody said a friend of ours had swine flu, and I well, was like, oh 100,000
0: new cases will be diagnosed, I think, this year or something. 100,000.
1: The first two in Ealing, in the Ealing area where I live, one of the little kiddie schools, a couple of kiddies have been diagnosed. Really? With it. And I thought, Ooh, it's a bit close to home.
0: It is a bit closer, but I don't know how, how contagious it is. Is it very? In other words, if I have it, can I pass it on to you, and you can you pass it to Amanda, and Amanda passes it to the office? How does it work?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think you have to be very careful with things like microphones, keyboards, and all that. What you need is some alcohol, as in, not booze.
0: I've often said that in you the morning a small chardonnay. Al-
1: <laughs> you need a squirty alcohol. Oh, gel I've got it. I've got that upstairs. Minutes, yeah. Really? Need, yeah, yeah, because you're touching a keyboard, and <gasps>
0: I'm not never touched it. Look, clean hands. <laughs> clean hands. I've, I've got some of the alcohol stuff upstairs.
1: And are they your headphones? No. The personal ones? No. Now, when I used to do the overnight show here, I always brought in my personal oh, headphones. God.
0: The trouble is, I do, I've got to take a short break, actually, but I do have my own headphones, which Bruce very kindly gave me. Unfortunately, I've left them in the car, because every time I bring them in here, I keep leaving them so somebody else wears them, and you're right, you can pick up ear infections. God, too much to worry about, ladies and gentlemen. LBC 97.3 Last update on the uh, Nick Ferrari sighting. In shorts, now seen in the Old Kemp Road, moisturising his legs, <laughs> which will be quite nice. Uh, Steve on the M1 says, Susan has a wonderful accent. because she's Scottish, that's Scottish. why. Oh, wait, we haven't got your mic on either. Might yeah, the be- that? Oh, there you are, there the you are. Thought we'd lost you, actually. Yes, no. um, <laughs> Steve, you turn on the aircon, you start coughing. We haven't had any aircon on. That's the trouble, you see. It doesn't, uh, it's not actually working at the moment. I'd, I was going to mention... The story that's in the paper today, just while Phil, Phil gets his little thing up, and, uh, and we, we mentioned the fact that the, uh, the Phil Blacker box at Wimbledon apparently was a, a shrine, an homage to Steve Allen. Sandra reckoned there was loads of pictures of me stuck all over the walls in there. <laughs> it's all very exciting. Uh, but record numbers of people are having sex change operations on the NHS. Uh, apparently £10 million a year the NHS spend on sex change operations. More than a 1,000 have had surgery in the last decade. Absolutely unbelievable. I didn't realise that so many people would be going in there for se- I thought people used to go to Morocco for sex change operations. I had no idea that we're doing it here in the country. Probably explains a lot. Most of them, sorry, a quarter, uh, take place at Charing Cross Hospital in central London, which is down at, uh, at Hammersmith. Uh, Angela says, Adoranita Anita Harris in the interview that, uh, that you did with her. Somebody will put them up. Somebody will help them out. So I think they will, not they?
1: I think when everybody hears and they'll think, oh, this is a shame, and uh, they'll, they'll help her out. I think you're right.
0: Yes. Do you still watch Deal or No Deal, Stephen? Do you watch it? Do you watch Deal or No Deal?
1: Um, every now and again, I watch it. Um, I have to admit, I never really got into it. Yeah. But when I have watched it, I have enjoyed it. But I just think it's just pure guesswork,
0: isn't it? Well, it's, it's yes, exactly. Because you don't know where anything is. But it's just interesting when they get to a certain level, and it's the greed, and they, the banker offers them twenty six thousand. They've still got a few things, and they go, "Thank you, but no thanks." And you think
1: it's twenty six thousand pounds. Ordinarily, if they'd started and somebody said 26 grand or nothing, you would have said, I'll take the 26 grand.
0: Absolutely. You would take the money. But unfortunately, they don't. And then, sadly, some of them actually sort of uh, lose all their money completely. Uh, Sheila says, Miss Jew was away on a cruise, met the little monkeys in Gibraltar, but they yanked hubby's bag off him and ran off with his... With his banana and apple.
1: <laughs> Just as well, that's all have it was. Have you seen the apes in <laughs>
0: Gibraltar? We had them as well. You're not allowed to feed them. No. Because some of them, they've got teeth on them. Go, take bites out of Phil, Phil Blacker's legs, I promise you. Have you not got it? Is it not happening?
2: Right. No,
0: it's not I'll happening. You're going to make it up. Make it up? Yeah. Hang on, we'll put your mic on in a sec. Wait a minute, <laughs> there you are. Right, here we yeah, go. We, 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 for some reason, we've, we've lost the computers in the studios.
2: Come back from Wimbledon and it's all
0: gone wrong. I'm so I sorry. It was all working
2: fine. Way. Well, actually, i
0: tell you what it was. They have started turning the things off. Because of the heat in here. Oh, have they? And so, whether they turned it off and it didn't come back on again, I've got no, no I idea. I think it's the mouse that's not working. Is it the mouse? Yeah, I don't so know. You look well, anyway, after Wimbledon.
2: <laughs> and Federer won. He did. Big surprise there. Not. No, well, he, he only just won. 16-14 in the uh, final set. It was the longest uh, final set in terms of games in the history of uh, Wimbledon finals. Yeah. So, uh, only just uh, getting the victory. But, yeah, 15 Grand Slam uh, titles, which is uh, a new record. He beat the record that he currently shared with uh, Pete Sampras, who was uh, there to see it. So, it was, uh, it was quite an occasion on Centre Court last night. Historic game, and, uh, yeah, Fedor is saying he's, uh, he's still stunned. ...by his own success, but uh, fair play to him. He was uh, a deserved winner in the end, quite a game on uh, centre court. Uh, in cricket, just to check some of the other top stories uh, this morning, uh, England are promising that they'll manage Andrew Flintoff through the Ashes. They're worried that he might not be able to cope uh, with the whole workload because of uh, the knee injuries just come back up from surgery. They say he, they'll, they'll treat him fairly carefully uh, throughout the course of the Ashes series, which of course starts on Wednesday in Cardiff, the uh, first of five tests... Hampshire will take on Sussex for cricket's FP trophy after both convincingly won their semi-finals yesterday. Ed Joyce made 146 as Sussex beat Gloucestershire by uh, 34 runs and at Old Trafford, Hampshire overcame Lancashire by 64 runs. Uh, elsewhere, we can uh, check the latest football news because uh, Chelsea are going to unveil Carlo Ancelotti as their new manager today. Uh, officially he'll be uh, introduced to the media at Stamford Bridge. He's likely to have to deal with questions over the future of Captain John Terry, who's still been linked with a move to uh, Manchester City. Also today, Cristiano Ronaldo will be uh, presented to the Real Madrid fans at the Bernabeu Stadium after his uh, world-record £80 million move. He's already warned them, though, not to expect an immediate repeat of Barcelona's trouble from last season, saying it could take the New Look side time to gel. English golfer Ian Poulter says he'll refuse to play the French Open next year. It's after being disturbed by a cameraman whilst uh, taking a shot in the final round of the tournament yesterday. His ball ended up in the water. He says it uh, ruined the competition for him. Germany's Martin Keimer took the title in the first extra hole of a playoff against uh, Lee Westwood. And four race meetings uh, today, all on the flat. They go at Musselboro, Windsor, Ripon, and Brighton. Right.
0: Well, as Alex says, thank goodness the tennis is over, because Mr Black has had a fantastic record in the last two weeks. Five winners, three losers, two non-runners.
2: That'll do me. It's
0: all right. It's not bad, is it? Spoiled on Friday, and they're both in the same race. Mm. So Neither did anything, did they? Exactly. Tranquil Tiger third. Your confront was fourth. Mm. That's all right, though. It's all right. Let's so tell us it. more about Sandra, who you invited into your box. <laughs> I'll chuck that one in quickly. <laughs> she said it was. A, she said your your box wasn't as luxurious as Dave Luddy's.
2: No, this had wall
0: to wall carpeting and a, and a jacuzzi.
2: <laughs> I think he fitted it out rather better. Though, Did he I fit it better?
0: Yeah. Yours apparently was just pictures of me everywhere, <laughs> which is okay. You know, I don't. I was have hoping you
2: wouldn't find out.
0: Well, she, she couldn't wait to tell me. <laughs> she, back on the on the on the text and the emails straight away. I'm sure she was. So today we're off to Brighton. The four thirty. Uh, although it was very strange, actually, because she did write in one of the funniest, like, well, Gordon did one of the funniest lines. We thought they said, "Having tried to persuade Mister Blacker to go each way, it's uh, a lot easier now to just ask him to change ends." <laughs> oh, very she good. thought was thought very, was a very good topical very good, gag. Yes. So today we're off to Brighton, the four thirty venture capitalist, venture capitalist win only.
2: Okay, I'm what going to Ripon tonight, seven fifty acquisition, acquisition. Mm. Okay. I don't think it's going to win. <laughs> I'm
0: just, it doesn't sound... Acquisition Acquisition as one, It just doesn't sound like a winning name, does it? I, I think
2: it will. I'm quite really? confident. It's not going to be a very good price, though. I think is it not, really? I think it's probably going to be the favourite.
0: Well, you've got... You're, you're in debt £28.14. Mm. and it's a lot uh, better than it was. A lot better, yes. Because you had a couple of biggies. Mm. Which we've always been a fan of. <laughs> I like and, a couple uh, of biggies. And Alex, £23.85. <laughs> There's no answer to any of this is <laughs> or at all. So I don't know why we... But it's the heat, I'm afraid. It affects people in different ways. <laughs> And, uh, and Phil, probably worse than most of us, <laughs> I'm afraid. So uh, you'll be back later. but, the, but the t- You wait till Ferrari's roth is in the studio this morning when he's worked out that there's no air conditioning in here.
2: <laughs> yes. I hope the computers are working. Yes, it. do you think they'll be working oh, by well, that time? I
0: don't know. I'd, I'd print your scripts off, makes it I'll a lot look. easier. Mm. Never mind. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Look forward to that. Phil Blacker, fresh from Wembley, as they said. Fre- Wimbledon. Wembley. I don't know why. I said Wembley <laughs> the other day and somebody wrote in and went, Wimbledon, Wimbledon begins with W. Who cares? <laughs> does make any difference. Uh, Susan will bring us up to date quickly on the soaps, just so we know what's, what's going on. Uh, in the so- I've lost track of it.
1: Yeah, well, in, in Coronation Street, um, David goes berserk when he finds out that oh, Tina right. is, uh, is now with Jason. In fact, he goes so berserk that he jumps in front of Jason's van, so he's going to come to a screeching halt. And then he starts to pelt him with tools and bricks and all this kind of thing. He goes absolutely mad. Um, but it's quite clear that he's he putting on a brave face because there's a bit of a sad moment when he breaks down in his granddad's arms because he realises that he's lost uh, Tina for good. Now, Molly and Kevin's affair heats up and it's so cringeworthy. It's just, you know, it's just amazing how many times you could be sick during one episode, actually. Um but they basically get it together for the first time. Oh, in number nine on the sofa on the floor. Oh, no, it's too much for Coronation Street. Just <laughs> shouldn't be happening.
0: That's horrible. Before
1: that, though, they drive to the woods and get caught by a policeman, oh, which, of course, you do when you're, like, 12. Damn. Um, and then they go into the back room of Dev's shop. I mean, it's just way too much for Coronation Street. Way too much. And, of course, poor Sally doesn't know anything that's going on. She's too busy, um, you know, arranging a birthday party. Mm. Um, Sean... You'll be pleased to hear. He's got his eye on a new man who he met and we saw last week at this gym. There's this new character coming in who plays a love interest for Sean. Um, and this guy thinks that he's actually going out
0: with Jason. Don't they realise the character's run its, run its well, course? Well, it, has run,
1: its course. it absolutely ago, has run its course. Ages
0: ago. It has run its course. ago. You can't keep finding stories for him.
1: No, no. EastEnders. Um, now, it finished... Have you been watching EastEnders?
0: Um, no.
1: no. Uh, it finished on Friday night... With Minty discovering that Phil Mitchell is having an affair with Um, Dawn, 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 who's living with Gary.
0: Phil Mitchell had gone gay. No. Does the Bishop of Rochester (laughs) know about this? (laughs) (laughs) He'd be horrified.
1: (laughs) And of course, Minty's in a right state. Doesn't know what to do about it. Does he tell Gary's best mate? So in the end, he confronts um, Dawn. About it, and um, also there's a bit of a close shave with the two of them. She's caught in her undies as Gary walks in, but she has to hide behind the door. It's all very carry-on. And talking of carry-on, Archie is back this week. And uh, Peggy does her best, you know, get out of my pub and all that kind of thing and clears oh, the decks I love and that everything. Oh, like yeah, that. She when she's fiery. That's so good. Absolutely goes all of that. Because, of course, get she's of completely stunned when she sees him because she never expected to see the guy again. Yeah. Um, so he appears back. Roxy's behind it all. Um, and he's letting a house in the square. And she agrees to meet him.
0: <gasps> Silly
1: woman. I can't believe you'd be shouting at the television. Silliness. Saying, what are you doing? Silliness. And that's not the half of it because the following week. <gasps> They lock lips.
0: Oh, no. and uh,
1: Shirley discovers that Heather is pregnant, and it's this whole "who's the daddy" thing. Oh God, I really like we care. Oh, dear.
0: Um,
1: Emma worry. Dale's very good at the moment, and she's a sad story. When um, Lexi, Lexi, um, lost her baby last week, and this week <coughs> she discovers she can't have babies <coughs> at all. Oh. So she's completely devastated. And you know who's back next week after a year's break? Viv. Viv. Viv in the shop in Where's Emma she Oh, was she? She, um, Dina Payne, who plays her, yeah. um, asked for a year off to spend with her family. She got a so, year off. Yeah, she I tell got you, she's also
0: taken time off. Um, June Brown. Yes, she's going to. She's be finished in... filming EastEnders because she's doing Calendar Girls. Yes, she has. And this week we're going to be talking uh, to, not about Calendar Girls, but we're going to be talking to Ian Lavender. You know, he's in Dad's oh, Army. Yes, and uh, he's in and he Sister in, Act.
1: And he was in EastEnders. He was in EastEnders as he well. He played Pauline's husband.
0: No, no, he was they gay. He didn't marry, did he? He was gay, wasn't he? Didn't he fancy someone. Wasn't he? He was, he was gay, yeah, correct? didn't he play
1: her? Oh, I'm thinking of the other one. Yeah. The other one that was in what's his confused, name? Randall and Hopkirk.
0: I to say the name James Dew and you get very yeah. confused.
1: Who's the one that was in Randall and Hopkirk?
0: That was him, yes. Yeah, that's who I'm yes. thinking of. I liked him, Lavender. actually. I liked him. Yeah, he was I like good it when too. they bring different yeah. people in. Uh, all right, listen, we're going to take uh, a very, very quick break and uh, we'll have more from Susan. We'll do a little bit more on. Uh, on the Dales. I do like Emma Dale, actually. Oh, I do, I do. Like, I it. like it. It's quite nice. But I think over in, in Corrie I love some of the trails for it. The trails are really, really super. They've yeah. edited beautifully together. But I think Sean's run his course. Please lose him now. You know, it's just a little bit embarrassing. If you yeah. if you haven't to sit there and try and think up stories for a character who it doesn't contribute that much. Quarter to seven. This is LBC ninety seven point Steve Allen. Morning everybody. Whew. It's uh, 11 minutes to uh, 7. Actually, it's not that bad, Nick, don't worry. It's, 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 a, it's a lot better than we're making it sound. The people in the control room will be taking their clothes off halfway through your programme, so that'll be exciting <laughs> for you. Uh, we've got a Howl Low. It's a 42-inch Samsung, so you can watch all the programmes that Susan Spence has talked about in full living colour including Dale, It's uh, HD-ready, digital built-in, and believe you me, that makes such a difference. I've got digital built-in on mine, and it's fantastic. You just flip through the channels, and there's all these marvellous shopping channels and things like that overnight, but selling you all this stuff that you don't really want. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today, please. Text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six pm. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. And if it catches you up with Emma Dale and things, and we get perhaps you should start a campaign to get rid of Sean off Coronation Street and, and bring, bring in some fresh characters because it's it's a bit silly playing on the gay card all the time. It's a bit tedious. Most people in the country couldn't care less. We don't care less whether he's got a boyfriend, hasn't got a boyfriend. We've been through it so many times before. Who cares?
1: Well, I think he must be getting a bit bored with the storylines. He's either, like, he you know... He sits on a
0: sewing machine, I mean... talks
1: about sh- life in the factory or, yeah. you know, he, he, you know, gossips a bit in, in the rovers. There's really very little for him to do and you can't quite see where the character's going to go. It's just...
0: He can't go anywhere unless he's going to... Perhaps if the Bis- Bishop of Rochester has his way, he can convert him and he can get married to a woman. They just can't
1: seem to, because remember they had that storyline with, um, when he was going to be father to, um, to Violet's baby and all of that kind of thing. That was really the the major storyline that he had. He hasn't really had much since then. It's like they they just don't know what to do with him. I think Um, they like
0: him. And obviously the public, although his chat show was dire, uh, and I, and I think they're sort of saying, right, let's keep him in. And they then come up with, let's find some storylines. But in fact, they're all the same sort of storylines. They're, they're revolving around a gay theme or a bloke who gossips. So it's a bit stereotypical. You'd have thought he'd have sort of shunted off by now.
1: Because the thing is, he can't do serious. He just can't do it. No. But so well, he
0: plays exactly the same character he played in Queer as Folk. It's no, no different at all. In fact, it's no different to him.
1: Yeah, so they need to have something light and fluffy for them. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and that's not really going to be, there's no substance to that. i tell you who is my favourite silk sort of character at the moment. Well, I have two, in fact. Um, they're both in Emmerdale. And that is Amanda Donohoe, who plays Natasha Wilde in Emmerdale. She's she very is good, fantastic. Isn't she? We've
0: actually had her on on the programme. She's done, done my programme a couple of times now. She's, yeah. she's a very, very good actress. I
1: love her. The Absolutely. trouble is they've stuck
0: her next to that...
1: Oh, Mr Wooden himself. Mr
0: Wooden himself, and it's making him look even worse. because Maxwell. she's <laughs> Poor old <laughs> Maxwell awesome. Caulfield, who's, who's a lovely person, I'm yeah. sure. But... He can't act for toffee. He can't act for toffee.
1: And he always walks as if he, you know, needs a leave. He,
0: he He walks as if somebody said to him, OK, walk three paces, turn to the right.
1: Yeah, he just can't it's do it. It's just
0: awful. It just doesn't work. And when he's surrounded by other people who
1: are particularly good, yeah. um, it shows him up even more. The other one I like is, um, and I can't remember his real name, but he plays Jimmy King.
0: Oh, yeah, he's very I good. I love
1: him. I think he's great Amanda as well. to had a look
0: at, at Maxwell on YouTube. It's hilarious. He just... He, what I mean he's he's a very, very pretty actor. That doesn't necessarily make somebody a great actor. And against Amanda Donohoe, who must be just walking through it, thinking, I'm trying to sort of not make you look as bad yeah. as I'm making you look. Yeah. It can't be intentional, but But it he makes does her look, look as if
1: he's got a rug rat in his head as well. He's not he like, look old enough to be playing that part. Well he's got hair like Paddy. You know how bad Paddy's hair is? In, yes. in Just awful You just think oh, Surely to God but How do do Paddy something,
0: ever it? made it as a vet I do no. Well there was a lot of storyline for dripping, him last week I?
1: And you just think Oh
0: dear I don't what know what doing with me either happened to wife that he married what Emily is that, What it happened to Emily yeah, I'm well, of it. She
1: sent him a birthday card oh, right. For his 40th Saying best wishes
0: <laughs> Right <laughs>
1: Where uh, is she Oh she's just I don't know She's she just she, gone She ran off with Sarah Who's Debbie's daughter Just done the how
0: low Yeah Are you listening to the programme we just did it, and then we She's went on to, to the... pass
1: out. lost
0: the will to live. Well, I remember, honestly. actually... Um, Getting syringed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier. <laughs> honestly, I spend most
2: yeah, of my pardon. time taking it to the doctors.
1: Uh, well, I remember, um, they check out the website for the for the updates. <laughs> oh, yes. On your Steve Allen... The Steve, I always Steve forget Allen Show. Steve Allen Show. .com or .co.uk. There's or all Susan, the updates
0: on the zoos and everything else on there as well. Yeah, or yeah. UK,
1: yeah. Yeah, I always forget it. to say that because I sit there and do the updates and always forget to tell you. But, yeah, they, I mean, the soaps are not bad at the moment, I have to say. They're not bad. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to put them in order, I'd always say Coronation Street, Emmerdale and EastEnders.
0: Have you noticed that they've started calling it Corrie? I'm a bit worried that this is a, a move over. No. To call it Co- They're not. They're always no, going to call it no. Coronation it's Street. A, okay. It's
1: been called Corrie for years. I think sometimes they just do it to... And the
0: bill as well, because that's coming down to one day mm. a week, isn't it? Uh, no idea why. No idea why. One of the best soaps... One of the best pieces of acting you'll ever see on the television, and they put it down to one day.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, but what? What? They're not going to call it Bill, are they?
0: No, no. Well, what I did just... you
1: mean when you said that? I, you oh, said because before, they, they've they changed the that?
0: opening credits and they're changing oh, the music of the Bill. Oh. So where you see the feet walking, dum dum dum, dum they're, they're changing that. Oh, are they? To so come up with something new.
1: Can you imagine if they changed Coronation Street? Oh, it just couldn't happen.
0: That no, it old couldn't. style
1: music and the you know the scene dun, on the rooftop.
0: Oh, by the way, Steve, you were right. It's raining over here in Heathrow. Oh, God, that's where I'm heading. That's... it's Well, I've warned people today. It's chucking it down.
1: I have got my umbrella.
0: Do you have an umbrella? Yes. Good girl, I've got one as well. Uh, Steve, moving to Cyprus, how can we live without you?
2: Internet.
0: Um, internet. Internet. Go to lbc.co.uk and you can stream LBC. You never need to be without it at all. Jay says, I like Sean. He makes me laugh. Yeah, that's what it's... The character's gone gone nowhere, I'm afraid.
1: Do you know what I always think a bit strange about Sean? I'm not sure if you agree. Is that he's always very well dressed and his jumpers and shirts are always look as if they're of designer quality. Who's Sean? Yeah, and even when he works in the factory, and you like mm. think, would you dress in designer gear? He wouldn't have any going money. To, well, like, that's what what I, would he be earning? That's what I would have thought.
0: Less than 10,000 a year and he's dressing like that. And they all appear to live without any care for money anyway. Which
1: well, are, yeah, and they're always in that pub, but, I mean, you know, that... They live in that, that apart. pub.
0: Don't worry, I'll get the round in, they all get... And you think, where's your money coming from? It's all a bit worrying, I'm afraid. Uh, Val says, I don't watch any of the soaps. Listening to you and Susan talking about is much funnier. <laughs> it's true, actually. It is true. <laughs> uh, love the story of Paul Daniels' wife having a canoe named after her. She has. She's got a canoe. They have a canoe. Paul Daniels and his wife, the lovely Debbie McGee, and the boat's called the lovely Debbie McGee. Oh, is was- <laughs> bless their hearts bless their hearts she was in and she was you can download that from uh, from the podcasting as well we'll have Ian Lavender this week which is good have you ever done a car boot?
1: yes remember, remember that time oh, I yes, told of course, you yes yeah. yes
0: they do a huge one first Sunday of the month or the first yeah the first Sunday of the month down at uh, Chiswick Roundabout and the traffic stretches back nearly to Richmond really? seriously I mean I've never seen anything like it and there's lots of firms' vans there. I'm sure they would be delighted that they're being used for car booting. But what annoys me is the uh, people stand in the road, chatting to each other. Why can't they stand on the pavement? I nearly knocked four people over this week. <laughs> I nearly got killed by a woman on a bicycle, jumping red lights in Twickenham, throughout the umpteenth time, so I shouted obscenities, I'm afraid. I'm sick to death of cyclists who can't see red from green. Oh, yeah. Colourblind, it just, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's Colourblind.
1: It's, it's about time some kind of licence or insurance or something... I think insurance... In
0: failing that uh, the stocks <laughs> we bring back the stocks and rotten vegetables and stuff like that. But uh, we were all pleased today. The fact that Lembidopic's got a new girlfriend, she's an ex Wonderbra girl. Oh, is he's she? 44, she's 12, and uh, there she is, 21. She was the one who was told to go and lose weight. How does he do it? Because he can get publicity and she can't, so they, they hang on to him. And he, of course, believes it every time. Don't seriously believe it, but that still, a girl, that's a
1: high price.
0: Yes, well, he's. She's a bit of a buffoon, I'm afraid. Uh, sadly, no more time. Susan Spence will wend her weary way off into the rain. Mm. It's, gonna, it's all right round here. You can make it from here, which is okay. Well, luckily,
1: my car's at the station, I should be. Oh, is okay. it? You'll
0: yeah. be all right. But it is going to chuck it down today and tomorrow. Good. I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad as yeah. well. Gardens need a little bit of uh, little bit of rain, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Susan will be uh, back same time next week. Don't forget to check out the uh, the blog on steveallenshow.com Don't forget to check out my blog on lbc.co.uk. And don't forget to podcast later, OK? Brace yourselves what sort of moods are you in this morning. Nick's with you after the news, which is next on LBC. In the Australian outback, Opal Mike.